Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Man, there is, there is only one king. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> there is only one king. Amen. Amen. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. Right on. We recognize that right here, right? Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's his name. There's only one throne, and it's his throne. There's only one king, and he's the king. There's only one person in charge, and it's Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Check this out, man. I, I'm, I'm a people watcher. I love watching people. I love studying human behavior. I love just tripping out on how people act. One time I was hanging out in Venice Beach because there were, and I was just watching all the skaters, right? Because there was this mad turn they had to take and they were all wiping out. And it was just fun to sit there and watch that. All right. And so I just love watching people. I think it's, I think it's important that we do. And you know, and it's been a crazy year so far, right? 2020 has been nuts, man. It has been all under his control. He knows what's happening. I don't think anything caught anything, got caught, caught God off guard at all this year, right? He's been paying attention. And we've been watching, I've been watching people, man, you know, throughout all these different things, pandemic, man, all this social unrest and the election and all this stuff, man. I've been watching people behave like they, like, like, like you wouldn't think they behave, Right, and I've been watching people, man, just kind of just charge at each other with, with just the, like opinion bombs, man. And their opinion is just this big bat, and they're just carrying it around, and they're bashing their own people, and it's crazy, man. I'm just watching these people just say things to, you know. I'm seeing even some of my friends back home <clears throat> say stuff just because of, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it, you know, and it's been nuts. And I'm telling you right now, it has been so refreshing to see your voices in the middle of it all. To see your voices, man. I'm not kidding. I'm not just, I'm, I'm to see your voices of faith, your voices of hope, your voices of love in the middle of all this, all right? It's like shining bright right now. I'm telling you what, it is this shining city in the middle of a crazy, shining city in the middle of this crazy world, this city on a hill that cannot be hidden, and it's Jesus, people, saying Jesus is king, amen? And that's been amazing to just watch this, man, because I'm here with you. And being here with you right now, I'll tell you what, it is so refreshing. It's so encouraging, right, being with you people, because I know that you're, you believe, man. You believe that the world was created through Jesus. The world was created through Jesus. We broke it, <laughs> and we continue to break it, and he continues to change it. Because and because and through and and into that that his his death, his burial and his resurrection, and that he is alive, and he's not absent from any of this stuff, and he's coming he's coming back, amen. And I believe if the church man, if we the church would own the position that Jesus gave us in Him, it changed the world, and it already is. You guys are world changers, and it's happening. It's already happening, man. Imagine if we, the church, all right, check this out. Imagine if we, the church, all right, rather than forcing issues here and there, all right, yes, we support what's right. Yes, we fight for what's right. But imagine if we serve the people on every side rather than beat them off. That's what Jesus did. And some of you saying, man, that's not going to happen. Not as long as you say it's not going to happen, right? Jesus is the one who already served every side, excuse me, 
All right? He's, he, check this out. He served every side. He died for every side. He rose for every side. And let me tell you one thing, man. One day, and this day is coming, and I believe it with everything that was in me. One day, everyone on every side will, and every knee will bow on every side, and every tongue on every side will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Yeah. Woo! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? right? Who's really in control, right? Is it you? <laughs> I hope not. Is it me? No way. The capital? No. Is it the media? <laughs> All right? <laughs> but if we say it's Jesus, I heard Jesus over here, right? Right on, baby. Right on. All right? And she's proving it. Are we ready to prove it? If we say it's Jesus in control, we're going to need to prove it. And this is exactly where God has us today. This is what, what he, I believe he wants to say to us this morning. In the middle of all this, I believe he wants to say, prove it. All right? Oh, he wants to say, prove it. Not to him. We don't need to prove anything to God because we've already proven it, man. He wants us to prove it to ourselves and to those around us that Jesus Christ really is king. He really is Lord. He really does. Hallelujah. Yeah. And here's what's crazy. Here's what's, here's what's crazy, y'all. Check this out. Check this out. This is crazy. Because we didn't have to come and go after a special sermon for today because of all the situations. God has been taking us. What book has God been taking us to? Does anybody know? First Peter. All right, check this out. And the scripture for today is what came after the scripture, what was from last week. And it is exactly what he wants to say to us right here, right now. And it's pretty darn amazing. Here's what I do know, man. Check this out. If you would venture out and read your Bible, many of you do, all right? But if you would venture out and just open that thing, man, and just, and just start reading, I guarantee you, man, and you make this a habit in your life, a, li a habit that doesn't just read, but allows yourself to be read. A habit that doesn't just read and allows yourself to be read, but a habit that actually seeks and looks for God's voice in your day to day. I guarantee you, if this becomes a habit, man. That 10, 10 days from now, 10 years from now, all right? Yet whatever you read is going to match the day that you're living, man. I guarantee it, and we're going to prove it right now. Check this out. All right, so let's let pray real quick before we jump into this. So, Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor, and we give you the glory, Lord God, in the mighty name of Christ Jesus. We just want to give you thanks. Lord God, we're, we're not here to pretend. Matter of fact, many of us are here, Lord God, myself included, to try and stop pretending. We're not here to get on top of your word and pull out the microscope and start analyzing like crazy. We're here to get underneath it so we can see you, so we can hear you, so we can recognize your voice. So I pray, Lord God, for me and for everyone in here, Lord God, to just, to just be right here on this level ground at your cross. This empty cross that you have exited in front of the tomb, the empty tomb that you are no longer in, in front of the throne that you actually sit on right now. And we pray for your glory in Jesus' name to be revealed to us. Amen? amen. That's a good old place for an amen, man. Right on. 
I like those amens. So check this out. We're in a series right now through First Peter, and, and the series is called Faith for Exiles, all right? And the exiles are like, what's that all mean, man? Those who are the church and still and reach for the church as also, also, while also reaching for those who believe the church is irrelevant because we know that the church, all right, is, is the hope of the world, that Jesus Christ is going to work through his church for the hope of the world, to change the world. It's up to us, amen, all right? Empowered by his Holy Spirit, all right, led through his word, led by his word, led for his glory, led bring everyone to his glory, amen? That's what it's about. That's the church, and we are the exiles in the cot in the middle here trying to make it happen, man, for his glory. And we don't have to try it so hard, man, because he already lives in you. And here's what God said about his church. Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So right now, man, if you're tripping like, oh, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if the church is no longer allowed to meet? Pfft, yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what? Jesus said, you know, what, you know, what if, you know, the, the, whoever you know, gets rid of the church, nobody can get rid of the church. Nobody is that powerful. All right? Because Jesus said, Nobody will get rid of the church because nobody's that powerful, right? He said something like that, right? But I mean, if we believe that. And so we've been following along through these scriptures, all right? And little sections out of 1 Peter has just been catching us and just, you know, wrapping us up, man, and just kind of changing our lives. And just a few weeks ago, we were in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12 kind of led the way of the proceeding, the proceeding weeks after that. And it says this in 1 Peter chapter 12, chapter 2, verse 12. I'm going to go back and then go up to the verses that we're in today, all right? Here's what he said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. And we saw this coming, man. He says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles, among those who don't know that they can know Jesus. Did you hear that? There are a lot of people that don't know they can know Jesus. There's a lot of people that just don't know that they can know Jesus yet. We know that they can know Jesus. And we look at them and say, you just don't want to know Jesus. They just don't know that they can all right? So he tells us, man, amongst these people, instead of like, you know what I mean? Instead of all that, he says, no, no, check this out. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. The, um, among those who don't know they can know Jesus, keep it honorable so that when they speak, when, when they speak against you as evildoers, all right? When they, speak, when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see, they may see, they may observe, they may recognize, all right? There, there will be no denying of your good deeds, and they're going to have to glorify God because they know that you ain't that good on the day of visitation. And he led us through a progression that we've been in these past four weeks, all right? And number one, he says, I want you all to be good. You know, how do we do this? I want you to be good citizens. He tells us that in 1 Peter chapter 12, or chapter 2, verse 13. He starts, he begins that, 13 and 14. Be good citizens, all right? He says, he says I want you to obey the law, and we're like, well, where's the line? Until the law tells you not to obey God. All right, we obey the law until the law tells us not to obey God. And then after that, the next, the next week, he told us to be a good employee. Be a good employee, man, at your workplace. Serve the position that you agreed to serve, not for the glory of your boss and not for the glory of you, but for the glory of him whom you belong to. Amen. So be a good citizen, he says. He said, be a good employee. And then he told us a couple weeks ago, be a good wife. He talked to the, he says, he says, be a lady who is a good wife. 
And he says, recognize, ladies, that your identity in Christ informs your role as a wife. Your role as a wife does not form your identity. Know that you are a daughter of the king, amen? Know that you're a daughter of the king, amen? Amen. Men, can I hear you say amen? Amen. Amen. They're daughters of the king, all right? And let the king, let God validate your value, amen? It was an important message a couple of weeks ago. If you missed it, check it out. It's called Ladies. And then last week, he challenged us men. He says, be men. Be men who are a good husband. And he challenged us to let your being lead your doing. You remember that last week? Let your being lead your doing. Remember we had some B words? You know what I mean? Important. I don't know if you got your B words right now, but you need to get get some B words. I shared some B words and they were simply this. Be his. Be loving. Be honest. Be pure. Be real. And be loyal. You remember that? We, We blew that up last week hardcore. All right, hey, you know, we're, we, we think that when somebody says, be a man, there's something that we got to do or something we got to stop doing, all right? When God says, no, there's something I want you to be. Number one, I want you to be mine, be his. And then in that, when you're his, you can't help but be loving. Unless, and if you're, if you're not very loving, then you're fooling yourself thinking you're his. You know, did that make any sense? <laughs> so you're like, all right. <laughs> And then in that, we're going to be honest. We're going to be pure. We want to be real and loyal. Preached it last week. You need to check it out. But I'll challenge you this week. If you have not picked out your B words yet, you need to, man. Because these B words, they make, they make life much more natural. You don't have to try so hard to do things because you already are the things you're trying to do. Did that make sense? You don't have to try. When, when you choose these B words, all right, and you say, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going to have the, this list of words here that I'm, I'm going to put it in a glass box. And if I don't understand what's going on, break the glass. Oh, yeah, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be his. All right, I'm going to be loving. You know, and then you, you go, you know, so it makes the things that you have to do much easier to do because you already are the things you're trying to do. It's important. B. And so he concludes this progression in this area here. There's more to come in, in, in First Peter, but he kind of concludes this section and he begins with the word finally. Check out First Peter chapter three, verse eight. And he says, finally, after all these things, you know, he says, this is, this is, this is our movement right now. This is how we need to be about moving in a world that just seems so chaotic, so unpredictable, you know, sometimes even seems to be crashing down around us. A world that's causing us to kind of hunker back and say, okay, what's going to come next? You know what I mean? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You know, (laughs) maybe for some of us. Not all of us. Just gave myself up, didn't I? Okay. I didn't do that. (laughs) I have a bow and arrow. All right. Anyways. No, I I mean, but, but, but. We're looking around. We're going, what's next? He says, okay, here's what I want you to do. He says, finally, all of you, all of you. Now he's talking to the church. So often we take that all of you and we just prescribe it to the world. But they didn't sign up for the convictions that we have signed up right here for. To be his, to be loving, to be honest, all right, to be pure, to be real and loyal. You know what I mean? Whatever your words that, that come after being his are. You know, for us to go out to the world and say, you guys are just, 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 just because we, you know, is wrong. 
So he, he talks to all of us. And this is right here in this house. Here's what I want. Because if this takes place, man, I'm getting water all over my mustache. Please don't forget. This guy spits a lot. I'm never going to talk to him in public. All right? I mean, hi, how are you doing, Ernie? Yeah, stay back there. All right? Sorry. Um, anyways, it's just going to happen. All right? So that's why, anyways, the chairs are way back there. So good. All right. What were we talking about? Anyways. All right. He's talking to us in the church, in the family of God. And he says, finally, all of you have unity of mind. Have unity of mind. Have sympathy. Have brotherly love. A tender heart and a humble mind. He gives us this little list just for inside the house. This is in the house. He goes, look at this is in the family. All right. He says, he says, look at all of you that are, that are known by the family name. All right. That are known by the family name. Christian. Jesus. You know what I mean? Jesus people, Jesus follower, however, whatever works best for you, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who have, who have, who have, who have you know, just agreed and believed uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection of our great God and King, Jesus Christ. He says, all of you have this unity of mind. All right? Have this unity of mind. And many of us are like, that's no problem. As long as everybody's thinking like me. All right, I got no problem with that. Everything's cool. Now, what he's talking about is not for everybody to think like you or everybody to think like me. He's talking about this, this mindset. And, and, and this, this unity is recognizing the diversity in the room. That's why he says we have to have this unity because there are so many different people in here. There's so many unique parts in here. And it is important for us to have this, this, this mindset that is all about Christ. Here, you know... <clears throat> You know, here's the thing, man. I, in, in, in the church, all right, you know, I believe we have the least amount of problem than any group on the planet that is trying to have this, the same mindset. All right, there's a lot of people out there that are, okay, we're going to get together, you know, and they're, and they're doing great. Some people are doing really great things in the world, all right, but we have a unique opportunity to have the same mindset, all right? And that mindset is, is Christ, is the mind, because the scriptures tell us that we have been given the mind of Christ. And here at the church, we like to ask three questions, all right? When, when, when you're coming to, uh, to partner with the church, and we call it partner, not member, because I could be a member of a lot of things and never show up, right? And never have any part in it. But if I, if I tell you I am a partner at Costco, I am a partner, you know, with, you know, the uh, fishing game, you're like, okay, well, what part do you do, right? You're like, what part of it are you, you know, whatever the case may be. And so here we like to say, hey, if you want to be a partner in the church, you want to be a part of the church, of this church, we ask you three questions, all right? We want you to be able to answer three questions, actually. And the answer, the three questions are simply this, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And what's your part? What are we doing? Mindset. Why are we doing it? Mindset. What's your part? Your expression in that, in that mindset. What are we doing? We're making it easier for people to know Jesus, Amen. That's what we're doing. Why are we doing it? Because there's a lot of people that don't know that they can know Jesus. Okay, now what's your part? What's your part? We're going to go around with a microphone and ask everybody what they're... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> right? <laughs> what's your part? It's like, it's like an orchestra playing the same songs and all these different instruments just, just coming in at the right time. They all have their own part, right? I mean, you, you know the song, you know why it's a good song, why it's an important song, but do you know your part in the song? 
right? This is important. He says, I want all of you to have a unity of mind and sympathy, the sharing of feelings for one another. Because here's what I know. If, if, if your part is missing, all right, from this, if your part is missing, well, then the whole thing is going to suffer. Everyone is going to suffer for it. All right, there's a lot of suffering going on in the church and even outside the church because there's so many missing parts. And I'm going to tell you one thing too. There's a lot of parts that are actually here today, but yet are still missing. And we who know we are not missing need to go after those missing parts. Amen? He said, I want you to have the same mindset. I want you to have the, 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 this, this uh, sympathy. All right? And I want you to have brotherly love. This is huge. And we, 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 we think about this, and, and we have this kind of, hey, man, we toss around the word love you, and I love that we say that a lot. I love you, I love you, I love you. When somebody tells you, you know, that they love you, uh, surprise them and ask them, do you mean it? And then they say, yeah, and then say, prove it. <laughs> just do it, man, just do it, just freak them out, all right? <laughs> just say, prove it, prove it, and then wait. But this is it, man. I'm telling you, this is so important because our oneness is our witness. Do you recognize that? Our oneness is our witness to the world. And Jesus said it is the great witness because he said, he says, by, by, by this, all men on the planet will know that God sent him. It's in John chapter 17. He says, by your oneness, by your oneness, by your togetherness, by this brotherly love, the world will know that the Father sent him. That makes it pretty darn important, doesn't it? I mean, we have all these evangelism classes and courses, and here's how you evangelize to people, when the simple, fact, the simple way is to just love each other. If we would love each other the way Jesus loved us, more people would come to Jesus to be loved by Jesus and love one another and to bring more people to be loved by Christ. It would be amazing it would be, it would be, it's world changing and it's already happened that's why you're here praise the Lord so he says I want you to I want you to have this this, this, this uh, unity of mind this sympathy this brotherly love and then he says a tender heart this is where it gets weird <laughs> I'm sorry because I was like okay you know tender heart but what does that actually mean and so I like to study the original language, the original Greek language and Aramaic and Hebrew language that, these, that, the, that the scriptures were written in. And so I was like, okay, what does this mean? And I turned it, I opened it up and it came up to <laughs> good bowels. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> what? <laughs> good, have a tender heart, have good bowels. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you're all bowed up, <laughs> right, <laughs> all right, and your bowels ain't good, you're going to have a problem. So don't be a constipated Christian. Anyways, sorry, it's in the Bible. I'm just reading the scriptures, man, all right? So don't get mad at me, man. But, but literally, it means to have this compassion that comes from your guts. I know I go too far. Sorry, all right? Actually, I'm really not that sorry. But um, so... But it's just, it's just, it's just, I love, I love you with all my guts. I think we talked about this a while back. All right. It's just having this, this love, man. Just, just, this comes from deep inside that you recognize it's not surface. 
It's not like, yeah, I love you, just like I love tacos in a good parking spot. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not that. It says it's real, honest, reaching across the lines, reaching across the aisles, reaching into different, you know, categories of life that we've called categories, and loving. No strings attached. Love, compassion, care for our lives. And he throws in this humble mind thing. And he says, you know, basically the only way you're going to be able to do this is if you just don't think so highly of yourself. Bring yourself back down to earth and recognize that everyone, man, woman, child, Christian, non-Christian, all right, we're all equal at the foot of the cross, man. We're all people that Jesus Christ died for. Some of us have received that. Doesn't make us better. As a matter of fact, it makes us more of a servant to the rest who haven't. Did you know that? It's kind of crazy. I should probably remember some of this stuff for next sermon because I didn't write none of that down. Praise the Lord. I love when God talks and I don't remember it later. So it's pretty awesome. And then finally he goes into, not finally, but he goes into this next verse. And he tells us how to act inside the house. And now he's, he's telling us how to be careful outside of the house. And he says, don't, be, don't repay evil for evil. And we see a lot of that going on right now. Or reviling for reviling. This is abusive words uh, that, that slander the reputation of other people. And we see a lot of that. And I'm watching this stuff. I get on there and I start stalking people on social media and checking it all out. And I'm like, man, don't. Don't do that. We have a much greater opportunity than to go, you're small. I'm not. We have a much greater opportunity than to do that. And to get down on a knee and start serving. And start showing them the love of Jesus. And not repaying this, this evil for evil. He says, on the contrary, you were, you were called. He says, on, but on the contrary, bless. I want you to be a blessing. He says, I have blessed you to be a blessing in this world. Instead, I would like you to give better and to live better. That's how we bless. How do we bless? We give better life and we live better lives. Empowered by Christ. You're blessed to bless. Here, here's what I know, man. I know that you guys, you're the ones that are changing the world, all right? Hey, you're already doing it, all right? You've discovered that, that we become the best picture of Christ and the best parts of ourselves when we give our lives away. When we give our lives away, we become the best human picture of Jesus Christ and the best parts of ourselves in this world. When we just give our life away, man, when we serve, you're blessed to bless, man, when you love like this. And I'll tell you, man, when you're not controlled by anger and the hurting of other people on your life, all right, your life becomes so much more attractive. And, and our, our job is not to allow the attraction just land here, but to take it and go, it's him. Praise the Lord. Jesus is king. Amen. 
There's a guy, Bob Goff. I don't know, has anybody ever heard of Bob Goff? He's a writer, he's a lawyer, you know. Uh, he's one of the happiest guys I've ever seen in my life. He's always happy. I don't know if he's always happy, but every time I see him, this dude is hugely happy. He's a man of God, all right? He's a writer, he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer, and right now, he's, he's, he kind of gave up his practice here in the States, and, he, and, he, and I don't know if he still does this, but recently he was, uh, I think he was working in Uganda, and he was trying witch doctors. It's crazy. It's crazy because there were, there was like some child sacrifices and stuff like that. And he was trying to get that out of the, out of there. Right. He wrote his book, everybody always. And his, his subtitle is becoming love in a world that is full of setbacks and difficult people. And he believes that Bob, Bob believes that, that pe- people are, are attracted to people who wish to bless them and blessing will always uh, have a, have availability. And he believes that people are attracted to availability. And it's crazy because, you know, he, he says, you know, he makes this personal because on, on the back of his books, and they're New York Times bestseller books, all right, on the back of his books, he puts his personal phone number on the back. And he says, call me if you want to talk. <laughs> Seriously, this, I don't know who does that, all right? I think it's pretty cool, man. And he was telling the story about how, you know, um, there's this one guy that calls him uh, like weekly. He calls him weekly just to cuss him out. Just to cuss him out. He says, the guy just calls me, he just cusses me out. And he laughs about it. All right? He says, I just listen to him. And then when we're all done, when we're all done, you know, and he's all done cussing me out and he's out of wind and stuff like that. And he says, listen, he tells him, he says, he says I end every call with this statement. He says, I will always take your call. Um, I probably wouldn't, Right? <laughs> But he says, here's what he says. He says, I, I want to be the one guy in his life that isn't calling him names back. And he says, and I'm a lawyer. I win arguments for a living. He says, but I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to be Jesus. It's easy to make this world about you. But if you want to be love in the world, if you want to be loved in the world, then, then find out what people are wanting. Find out what people are needing. Find out what people are hoping for. And be that blessing. Ask them, man, is there anything I got that can be helpful to you along the way? See, this is a counterproductive thing, or at least the way we might think. We're like, wait a second, it took me a while to get some of this stuff. Some of these things. or some of this influence, or some whatever. But here's what I know. And I believe this is where the scriptures are leading us today, that if you give, that, not if, we're called to give better, and we're called to live better. Not better than anyone else. I'm not saying you have to live better than that person. Or It's not about being better than anyone else. I'm asking, can you be better than who you were yesterday? And can you be better tomorrow than who you were today? How are you going to do that? By giving better. And I'm not telling you to, you know, this is not like, oh, we're going to pass a plate. You know, we don't do that around here. You know, yeah, give over there as well. I'm talking about giving to the lives that are in here, giving to the lives that are hurting out there. Giving your life. You're going to discover that life is fuller when you don't try to make it all about yourself. Find out what other people are hoping for and try to meet that. My brother came up here last week. He's not going to like that I'm telling this story, um, but it's too bad because he's not here. So anyways, um, 
uh, he was been up here a few, few months in a row. And he discovered that there is a young family that was really, really in need of some transportation because uh, the young boy has a hard time. He's battling with something, man, and he's having a hard time traveling in a regular seat in a car, and he needed a special vehicle for this. He, will, he goes home, man, back to California and starts rounding up his buddies of influence and whatnot and telling them the story, and he comes back a month later with a brand new van for this family. And all of us are like, wow, wow, praise the Lord. Here's, here's what I just kind of want to warn us of. The thing that I believe is going to hurt the world, because we're looking at the world right now, we're thinking, um, that needs to go, that needs to go, he needs to go, she needs to go. We're looking at all this different stuff. There are sins of omission and sins of commission. Sins of commission are things that you go out there and just personally do. And then there's things, sins of omission that just happen when you just sit back and let it happen. And I believe that the thing that's going to hurt this world more than anything, this might be a crowd dinner, um, <laughs> um, is the church. Not being the church that Jesus Christ died for. Because we'll continually sin by omission when we don't help we don't provide, when we don't give, all right, when we don't see that hope in that one person's life that just does never seem to be realized and recognize that we can be used to meet that hope. And more than anything, it's leading that person to Christ. But sometimes you have to show them Jesus before you can lead them to Jesus. Are you feeling me? If you're feeling me, go like this. I feel you. Just checking. All right. Just checking. Yes. Always wanted to do that. Anyway. <laughs> We're the underground movement, man. We're the underground movement that's, that's going to change the world from the bottom up. That's who we are. That's what we do. And I'm so glad to be here with you guys because I know this is what you're about. Here's what I know. It's going to get crazier no matter who's president. The word of God tells us that. It's gonna get crazier. We act like that's the only part he wasn't serious about, right? He was serious about everything else. Ah, he's not. He's just kidding. You know, man, it's gonna get crazier. Peter wrote this scripture at the time when Nero was emperor and he was burning Christians on stakes and killing them and throwing them in to be eaten by wild animals. And then he gives us this encouragement from here that is, is wild that he chooses this. He goes on just in the next two, three verses and he kind of encourages us, the church, from a quote of King David a couple thousand years before, maybe, well, maybe a thousand years before this, this letter. And it's crazy because at the time that David wrote this, he was running from a wicked king and he lied about, you know, uh, to, get a, to get away. And he lied to a priest. 
and he lied, you know, and he, and he, and he did, he went to this one town, <clears throat> acted like he was a crazy man because it was the town of the enemy and got out of there and he ended up in a cave. And while he was in the cave, a bunch of exiles came and, said, and wanted to serve with him because they knew that God had anointed him to be king or they had heard. And they, these exiles came around him and he, and he encouraged them with these words right here. He said, whoever desires to love life and to see good days, not every day is going to be good. Not every part of life is going to be sweet. But he says, if this is what you desire, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He says, don't allow the junk to come out of your mouth or even today on your keyboard or in your text. He says, this is, this is, keep, keep his, your, your tongue from evil and your, your lips from lying and misrepresenting any truth. And he's telling this to a group of people, man, they're just like, we about had it. And he's encouraging them. And Peter is telling this to his churches that are just spattered, scattered all over the all over the the, 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 the Phoenician or the you know the, that territory back then, and, and and encouraging them with these words. And today he's encouraging us with the same. He says, "Man, if you desire to, to love life and see some good days, see good days, then keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. All right, let him seek peace and pursue it. This is this is us, man. He's telling us. And he's telling those dudes in the cave. He's telling those churches two thousand years ago, and he's telling us here, right here, right now. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayer. This is the second time within about five verses he mentions about God hearing our prayers. When he was talking to the men last week, he was telling them, look at man, you know, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to them as a weaker vessel, you know, and then he says, be careful in doing this so that, so that, you know, your prayers are not hindered. And it was like, you know, when we have a hard heart, we don't feel like praying anyways. When we're involved in all this, we ain't even praying. But when we're not, the guys, the eyes of the Lord are on us and his ears are open to our prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those do evil. So what are we going to do about all this? Well, that's all, that, 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 we just had a whole bunch of lists. But I would challenge you, man, to, to, to find those words. To identify yourself. You know, before God, just ask him, you know, is this, you know, I'm yours, number one. Be his. And then what follows after that? And instead of asking, what am I going to get out of this? I want you to ask this question. What am I going to give into this? And maybe another question, how, how can I make this better? And then finally, be a part of the answer. Give better. Live better. 
and, and be aware. Suffering's gonna come. It's gonna happen, and we're gonna we're gonna talk where we're heading just blows it all up, man. We're gonna talk about that over the next month. It's gonna be crazy. And with actually the next couple of months, in and out of it. But suffering's gonna come. But here's what I know, man. A, many, a ready man and a ready woman, they don't need to get ready for it, amen? Praise the Lord. Father, we give you the praise.